Hello everybody, Megazord X here, back at it again to give y'all another very exciting video, and this marks my episode 35 of my Zardcast podcast, and uh, got quite a bit of stuff to go over through and talk about tonight though, and uh, man, I, I, feel, I feel like a lot of stuff has happened, well then again, we're in the month of June, which would be like the E3-ish time, and I felt like we almost about got the last little bit of information that we'll probably have for most people, all we're doing is waiting on Nintendo with their stuff. Like, that's the last thing is this this Nintendo Direct, which, according to the rumor mill, I mean, we may be expecting it in the last month of June. We're talking about last week of June. We're talking about the 28th or the 29th. So if that be the case, and it's almost giving it like a buffer or almost two weeks or something like that, I would not be surprised if um we just get the traditional 24, maybe 48 hours in advance. But I feel like that would be the biggest extent of it, though. But that's the last thing we're wor um, worried about right now, though. But um, other than that, uh, quite a bit of stuff was announced this week. Uh, got quite a bit of stuff. Um, shoot, we we ha um, just to kind of line things up for tonight, though. Uh, got the the first trailer for Black Adam. We'll talk about that in our pop culture segment, though. Uh, E3 will be back in the year 2023. Got to talk about Summer Game Fest and some extra stuff that's been kind of going on, on the side. Got to talk about the Xbox Bethesda showcase. Why some of the Xbox fans kind of didn't like it, though. And then give my honest thoughts about it. Got the Capcom showcase. Uh, the new PlayStation Plus tiers thing actually on launch. Uh, got a little rumor thing kind of kicking around with a sequel of uh to the hot. Title one two switch. I I, I kid with that. I kid. Um, Fireman Warriors demo dropped out. Play through that. Got to get my thoughts on that. And then that big old Final Fantasy seven anniversary stream. Which oh my goodness, I I, I don't want. That's all I got to say on it right now. Because oh shoot, there's a lot of good stuff that came out of that one. Though probably one of the best ten minute presentations I could possibly say. And then um some other thoughts about some games I've been playing this week including that that newly released Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, though. So, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, just to kind of rough outline all the topics I got to discuss for tonight, though. So, got, got some good stuff to talk about, though. So, uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump straight up into that pop culture segment. All right, so start off, uh, we did get a new trailer for Black Adam. Now, honestly, some of y'all might notice already about me, though. I'm a, I'm a big Marvel fan. Have I, I, I told y'all about that? Did some reviews here and there on Disney Plus shows. Did some stuff on some MCU movies. Golly, I, I started going back and looking at some of my Disney Plus reviews, though. And shoot, I don't know why Disney's been after me for a little bit. Like, they, they blocked a few of my stuff, like some of my Loki reviews. I, I don't understand why. Anyway, though, that point aside, though, I'm a big Marvel fan. Not so much of a DC fan, though. But when The Rock announced that he was going to be partnering with DC and, you know, stars one of the, I guess Black Adam, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think about this right now. I, I think technically Black Adam is kind of recognized as an antagonist, not really kind of like a, pure superhero though or anything like that though but the fact that the rock is involved in this in the dc universe period i was like okay i don't go out and watch a lot of dc movies i, I remember watching some batman movies watching superman movies watching some fair amount of i watched the, the, the two wonder woman things and whatever though 
So I like some movies here and there, though. But th when The Rock said he was going to get involved, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to watch this for better or worse. I, I don't care what the status of the movie is. I sat down and watched the uh, that recent Black um, Batman movie that came out. I wasn't really a big fan of that one, though. But this one, I feel like it got The Rock up in it. I, I don't care how this movie plays out. It has to be better than that first Batman one. I I, I just got I just got to say I, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of that Batman movie though, but. But honestly, it, it, that trailer is looking pretty cool and stuff. I mean, there was like one moment where he actually like he caught a rocket and was about to reverse it and it blew up on him. I guess it just kind of shows the, the strong, sheer power um, behind this character and his powers and stuff like that, though. So don't have too much uh, longer to wait on this movie because I feel like um, this movie comes out at least this year. I'm trying to remember what's the release date. Um the release date off the top of my head i think it yeah it's scheduled for october 21st i don't know if it will be a movie that i probably will watch at least at launch i don't know it depends i guess it kind of depends on the reviews and stuff i don't really kind of pay a lot of like key you know attention to the reviews of a movie unless it's something like a movie i really enjoyed or anything like that though so I don't know. It kind of depends on the movie, maybe, because technically my AMC, like, right around the corner, they do, like, $5 movie nights on, you know, Tuesdays or whatever, though, so I might just roll up in the movie theater one evening or something like that and just go ahead and watch it, though. So, I mean, yeah, and, and I think technically I might, I'm actually, I'm planning to go to see uh, the new Jurassic Park. Um, I didn't say Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, the, the last one of the Jurassic World trilogy. I'm planning to see that on Tuesday, so I'll probably have some more thoughts about that in the next episode uh, once I sit, sit down and watch that movie, though, but yeah, so honestly, some good stuff I saw in that trailer, though. It, it got me genuinely um, impressed, a little bit excited. I mean, anything got to be better than some of these recent DC movies and stuff like that. And it is kind of, it is kind of catching me by surprise how much people mean the crap out of Morbius. I, I'm like, I don't know, Sony and their movies, like, come, come on, y'all, y'all, y'all got to do better than this, though. But yeah, so outside of that, that's basically all the thoughts that I wanted to say on Morbius right here and now. I know Sonic, you probably had a few things to say on this, though, but uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll hear his thoughts a, a little bit later on, though, or something like that, though. But anyway, that's going to basically do it in terms of all the stuff I have planned out for the... Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Gosh dang it. I don't have a slide for this thing, but I got to rewind just a little bit because I actually do have one more pop culture segment because Miss Marvel just recently came out and I was like, wait a minute now. I don't know why this didn't dawn on me, but I got to give my, my initial thoughts about this, though. Because right now, because yeah, technically, I think it came out a few days after I did the last podcast episode. So we technically had two episodes out right now. I hadn't sat down and actually made a video talking about, um, you know, like the first episode impressions or something like that, though. But I will say this. Miss Marvel starts off it started off fairly good i kind of i don't know why it's, it's something about her character she's pretty relatable um for the most part though i, I like her character quite a bit because um she's kind of similar to in at least in the comics kind of the peter parker in the sense that she's a really relatable character like you know she's kind of going through her high school years or whatever though kind of young like peter parker but i would say technically even younger and it is interesting because um 
we are expanding the universe at least a little bit more with each character getting different ethical backgrounds and stuff like that different races involved in the mcu universe and i am loving that a whole bunch i believe she's technically the first muslim um to be portrayed off in the mcu as a whole so that's really nice just to see the rich diverse um culture just kind of being showcased off in the universe though as we expand and get more heroes up in it though so some really nice stuff and um it, it is a little different how she uses her powers because we know that she's technically an inhuman and she's almost like elastic girl if you're kind of thinking about you know disney you know with with the incredibles or whatever though like she expands like most commonly she expands her hands or her fist to kind of fight like that though she kind of does that but it's a little bit different because um it's like a holographic kind of thing, projection. I don't know exactly how you call it, though, but it is a little different how she got her powers. So I think in the comics, she was exposed to some kind of substance which kind of gave her that power. Because think about it, in humans are basically like mutants, but without the X gene um, chromosome or the X gene up in their body. So, um, but this thing is a little different because she gets it from an amulet and she got it from, it was technically her great-grandmother and I guess that amulet kind of unlocked deeper powers that she potentially had within her own self. So, yes, yeah, so it is kind of interesting. We'll probably see a little bit more of it elaborated on her powers and how she kind of handles it. Um, as we get more episodes in the series, though, uh, it should be like any other Marvel MCU Disney Plus series where we should get roughly about six or so episodes or something like that. So we got two already. Ideally, we probably will get four more, though. So, honestly, I'm really liking it so far, though. Really likable character. So, I just kind of like how much she kind of fangirls out uh, quite a bit. Um, with Because she went, like, to AvengerCon or something like that in the very first episode. Kind of gave some respect, obviously, to my boy Tony Stark and um, Black Widow over there giving that ultimate sacrifice and stuff like that, though. But, honestly, really do like those first two episodes that came out. Really looking forward to the rest of the series, though. And then, obviously... Dang, I still hadn't gave my thoughts on Moon Knight as of its conclusion. I just feel like I have a lot of different Marvel stuff to talk about, and I just never get around to doing it. Hopefully I do here time sometime soon, though. But I believe that is the true ending of my pop culture segment. I can't believe I almost slipped up on that and almost forgot about that, though. But yeah, so that's going to basically do it for that, though. So let's go ahead and jump up into that gaming news. So starting off with the gaming news, we did get confirmation that E3 for the year of 2023 is going to be back next year. And it's it's interesting. They're going to be back in person and they're going to be back in digital. Because remind you, they, they've been out of the loop um, since 2020, 2020, 2021. And then that last second, they were kind of scrambling around. And then they actually managed to shut it down for this year, though. So. Here's hoping E3 is back because while Summer Game Fest has been nice as like in terms of a digital event and whatnot, though, I kind of miss the days where you knew E3 was happening on this one week. You had all your presentations lined up. Sunday would normally be your Xbox or I guess technically now Xbox and Bethesda. Monday was kind of like your, your Ubisoft or whatever. Saturday, you know, the day before used to be EA's um, time to shine or whatever, though. 
And then, um, what was it? On Monday night, used to be like Square Enix or something like that. I think Capcom was also on Monday or something like that. And you always knew Nintendo rolled around and winded up being on that last day, being Tuesday. And then we got like all the extra little bit of coverage and stuff like that for the remainder of the week. I kind of miss those days when all the presentations were lined up. And obviously you had like your uh, digital revolver or whatever, though. And then you also had your... Uh, you also had your PC showcase and whatnot, though. So I kind of miss that set, hardcore schedule. You knew everything that was happening because all these different um, game developers and stuff, they were just randomly announcing all of this stuff. It's weird how the way how they've been treating Sonic Frontiers is like an IGN first. You never know when they're going to drop out new information on that, though. And this has been kind of weird because uh, I guess this kind of bleeds over into the next topic, though, because also um, with the confirmation of E3 being back in the year of 2023, we do know that... um. Summer Game Fest will technically be back next year as well. And it's weird because with Summer Game Fest, we, we know that um, Jeff Keighley, he, you know, he's been the one kind of running this kind of show. And he's been the one that's been kind of directing Summer Game Fest. It's kind of weird with the type of approach that he has, like what kind of thing is he kind of going off the set for? Because we clearly can kind of see that he wants to really replace E3 with Game Fest, though. And in some ways, it's been nice. In other ways, it's kind of weird with the kind of scheduling and whatnot, though, because his actual show itself didn't seem to have, like, a lot of meat and substance to actually come out of his own presentation, you know, stuff like that, though. Um, but the, I think the key thing that came out of that, I believe, was... Um, I'm trying to remember. I think, was it in his presentation? Or was it in um, Xbox's? I can't remember, though. I, I, I'll hold off on talking about that for now, though. But the the interesting thing with the Summer Game Fest thing is they did this thing called Summer Play Days or something on the lines of that. And essentially, it allowed media as well as um, content creators to go there, visit, hang out at this like one little place that was... Um, I'm trying to think of who actually was the one that created it. Uh, yeah, it was created by I Am 8-Bit, though. But it was like a little area over there in, in L.A. And it was, um, they had a whole bunch of demos set up for all, all these different people, media or content creators to go through and play. So it's kind of, in a way, kind of felt like old school E3. Like none of us as like viewers or as fans or whatever were able to clearly go to that event. It's just kind of people that work within that gaming space they were able to play those demos and then be able to kind of give some thoughts out on it, though. I know Kit and Krista, the people that originally did Nintendo um, Minute, I know they went to this thing. I actually watched one of their vlog videos and whatever, though. It seemed like it was a fairly cool little, nice little area um, for them to go through and play those games. I feel like the biggest one that was there that I would like to actually play was that Street Fighter Six demo. That was there. I know that they got to play it and stuff like that, though. But it is um, pretty nice nonetheless, though. Also, I know at that place they had sonic frontiers and it's kind of interesting because i felt like this thing kind of blew up online quite a bit because technically somebody was there playing the the demo and we everything that showed off so far within the ign first was just the open world and the constantly they always call it open zone and that got me thinking i was like what the heck is up with this open zone thing or whatever though but according to what we saw within this one person playing the demo he was playing something that looked like traditional Sonic in like Sonic colors with the boost formula and everything. Or maybe it wasn't like purely having the boost, but it, it was in that similar kind of way of how 
that that 3D space of, you know, like how a traditional Sonic Colors or Sonic Unleashed, the daytime levels were handled. And we were like, I was looking at this footage, I was like, the freak, why didn't you show that in the IGN first? And now it kind of is making sense of why they're calling Sonic Frontiers that open world area as like an open zone. So it seems like it's going to be like, think about it as like combining Mario Odyssey or like Mario 64, like, you know, running around the open hub area and then going in levels or jumping in those portrait frames and going into another levels that kind of is a little bit more traditional on this 3D Sonic that we're used to. It's something weird like that. I don't know. I feel like Sega, y'all, y'all got to do a better job at advertising this game because I feel like if you were literally told people that, then people would probably would pre, um, you know, have a different mindset or a different approach in terms of what we saw within the IGN. Man, I wish I wish I was representing this game though, because this thing got me all sorts of kind of mixed up, and it's kind of weird because at first the Sonic fans were kind of coping, at least at first, and then now to kind of come in full circle, it's like, see, we told y'all it was good, and I'm like, bro, I was like, the game ain't out yet. I mean, even my boy Hats over here, at first he was worried, now he's like, oh, okay, but he's still feeling fairly confident. He won't have to go out and buy all of us, uh, all of his friends and stuff like that, this game or whatever though, but. Nonetheless, golly. But anyway, the Summer Game Fest thing looks pretty cool and pretty creative, though. And at least with um, Jeff Keighley, um, with the stuff he has to say, he says that Play Day is like a pilot program this year. And his Summer Game Fest branding will always be digital first. But they're starting to slowly do some hands-on stuff. And um, and hopefully, it, he says he plans to expand it into 2023, and hopefully, it'll be more like a global thing and explain it and expand it into other markets as well. Though, so yeah, he's he talked about how it wasn't open to the public, but you got to read here. There should be some other videos out there if you wanted to see kind of what it looks like. You can check out Kit and Chris's um, YouTube channel, kind of see what it looked like um, and stuff like that. Though, but yeah, so hopefully, he's talking about. Um, expanded to multiple countries or digitally or possibly in the cloud. So it's, it's something you still experiment with. So I feel like they're probably going to repeat the same thing next year. And he's just kind of going through and tweaking and stuff like that, though. But yeah, so that's just kind of the future. It, it's going to be interesting to have E3 and Summer Game Fest, especially when just doing this whole thing with Summer Play Days with the demos and stuff like that. It's going to be interesting to see how well these two kind of compete against each other um next year i know they kind of did i think kind of close to before covid or whatever though but now it's gonna be really interesting now that covid is over and see how well e3 balances out with summer game fest though but that's basically all i have to say on that one topic though so we'll go ahead and jump over um to the next thing that being the xbox and bethesda game showcase because uh with this one honestly Kind of feel a little bit mixed on this presentation. Now, now, hear me out. Hear me out for a second. Just, just hear me out. At first, I don't know why they should have clearly told everybody that before this presentation started. Not, not literally when you're sitting down at the couch, got the popcorn ready, and about to watch and see what they're about to showcase out. Literally, they should have announced this out previously because I know Sega, or not Sega, um. PlayStation, they set us up with a state of play, letting us know it's primarily third party, some VR stuff. Nintendo always kind of lets you know it's games for this year, maybe a little bit to come, what could become next year. They kind of set the um, the expectations. Microsoft, for some all about reason, never set that expectation until you were right there watching the showcase live at that moment. But the whole thing that they were showing off was games that was going to be ready between now 
in the next 12 months, which honestly, that's the new way that they should be handling stuff. So that way they don't dangle the carrot in front of you or whatever, kind of letting you know, saying, hey, uh, we got this big game coming up and then it usually gets delayed into the next year or whatever, though. I feel like the management within Xbox that they can kind of limit set expectations and kind of get some buffer frames. So that way people can always expect like a first party Xbox game or something like that. It's always going to be there. And it's always going to be ready for those people, though. I feel like that's the main thing that a lot of people kind of wish. And they kind of ha have like a more of a traditional Nintendo moment, at least with them now. So that's that's the thing I, I wish I would have known about, though. I mean, I'm not like a huge Xbox fan or nothing like that, though. But I know for those Xbox diehard fans, they're looking forward to games like Redfall or games like Starfield or Starfield or whatever, though. And uh, those games got pushed back into the year of 2023, though. So... I mean, I mean, take what you will with it. Technically now, I guess Xbox doesn't have any first party games this year, though. So that is a kind of a blow for diehard Xbox fans, though. But they were eating kind of fairly well um, with those Game Pass um, games. So I will say so myself, though. So in terms of most of the games that showcased off, I mean, we do know that Call of Duty. Um, I can't remember what the actual name of it one. I think it was Black Ops is coming back. Um, basically, they're kind of in a way, it's almost like a remake, but not really. But whatever, they're using kind of the same naming, but a little different approach or whatever, though. I feel like that one's probably going to be a big, heavy one for them, though. But at least with me personally, I think there was like three big announcements or maybe technically four. I had to go back up and dig up on the other one, though. But there was a few big announcements that was up in here, though. One of them was Hollow Knight Silk Song was shown. I know people been waiting a good, long, hot minute to have this thing um, show back up within their show, though. But the fact that they showcased off this game basically confirms, because they said at the very beginning of the showcase, these are going to be games ready between now and the next 12 months. That means, ideally... Hollow Knight Silksong should be ready to go within the next 12 months. They never gave an actual release date for it, but I know people were like clamoring Nintendo really hard, and I mean really hard, for them to be able to showcase off any brand new information about this game in general. And we thought it was going to be coming at any of these any directs, um, any direct showcases. Um, but lo and behold, it actually gets showed off in, the, um, in an Xbox Bethesda showcase. I don't know how that happened. But at least for those fans right there, they should be really excited. The fact that it is back, it should be out within the next year. So uh, here's hoping it turns out to be a really good game. Because I think there's like, what, maybe four or five different people actually making that game? Huh. So shoot, whenever that game does drop, that's going to be a pretty big hefty bag they're going to be able to hold and walk away with. I'll say so myself, though. But yeah, that, that was one of the announcements. I was like, okay, cool. It's, it's good to see some updates on that. The second thing, and what I feel like was probably the star of the show, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge actually had its release date drop, and it actually released last Thursday. So it, it was, I think, from the time the showcase, whenever um, they, they revealed it, it was about almost almost two weeks, a little short than two weeks. It was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It was like uh, 10 to 11 days away from releasing um, from the time I think they did that um, showcase, though. So I was like, oh, my goodness, that was huge. They even added a, a brand new character, Casey Jones, playable um, up in the thing, which technically you can unlock him by beating the main story mode and whatnot, though. So honestly, that game looked fantastic. I, could, I couldn't wait to get my hands up on the game, though. 
So yeah, and shoot, I have my hands on it now. I actually bought it, got it digitally on the Switch and whatnot, though. The game is crazy fantastic. And I'll talk about that a little later in, in the what I in the what I've been playing segment, though. But yeah, that was a big announcement they revealed right there. And the lastly, the last big one, and the one I would say. You know, it, it kind of shook me up out of my sleep because for the most part, I felt like I was kind of sleeping on this presentation, though. But the second they mentioned this, I was like, "What? wait, wait, what? Like, I, I bounced up out of my seat on this one, though, because um, they said that Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden and Persona 5 Royal is heading to Xbox and Game Pass and also is, you know, available on Windows as well. Um, And I was like, what the actual heck? I know it's been kind of going around the rumor mill how like Persona 5 could be going to the Xbox um platform or whatever though. It's been in there for I felt like more than a year or something like that though. But now it, it's finally coming. It seems like Persona 5 Royal will be coming out first. I think it was in the month of October. Um, I believe so. Basically this fall though. That's the first one to come with Persona 4 Golden as well as Persona 3 Portable coming a little later on in the future. Why they chose Portable and not Fez? Is the kind of, you know, head-scratching one right there. I'm not sure exactly why, because I, from what I heard from most people, especially my good friend Sylveon, Fez is the one where it's kind of like more like a traditionalist Persona game, while 3 Portable is kind of like more like a visual novel-ish kind of thing, because it's like, you, you know how visual novels are, you're like you're kind of looking at the character or whatever, you could like select some stuff out of the background or whatever, duh, or select where they're going to move or whatever, though. that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from 3 Portable, but I feel like they probably chose 3 Portable because it has that female character up in there, and I feel like that might have been the reason why they, they did um, showcase off that, you know, they, they upgraded all the textures and stuff, like they got new graphics, or they basically hd um the, the previous portable one though so yeah so really nice to actually see that as well as four golden because for some reason i tried to play four golden on steam way back when and for some oddball reason atlas can't get their crap together and for some oddball reason even though my laptop should clearly be able to run the game for some oddball reasons it's like incompatible with my um with my graphics card on here i don't know why even though it clearly should run it so i still have yet to be able to go through and play through persona 4 golden but with it coming out to windows or slash xbox game pass i might be able to try a different roundabout way about going about playing this and should still have access to playing it though and it wasn't too much longer after this that they also confirmed that these three titles are also coming to the playstation platforms as well and I was like, oh, okay, good. Worst case scenario, I'll play Persona 4 Golden on PlayStation. Why did it take so long to kind of move that as well as like a form of Persona 3 to consoles? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Atlas was actually surprised at how well Persona 4 Golden sold on Steam. It actually managed to top the charts when it first released. I, I, I just don't understand Atlas. I really don't. Like, like it is ridiculous. The I don't know, the way how they be managing stuff like that. Because, I mean, honestly... At times, they be hitting really hard, and I be enjoying, like, all the stuff that they be putting out, though. But at other times, it just makes you think, it's like, who the heck is making these judgment calls or these these decisions at the top brass, you know, top of the tower, and all of this stuff? I, I, I just clearly don't get it. I clearly don't get it. But yeah, so honestly, in terms of the Xbox Bethesda showcase, I feel like those were the big topics for the week right there, though. So honestly, some some really good stuff that was showcased off in there, at least with those few topics, though. Um, 
I felt like beyond that, in terms of the, um, I felt like in terms of anything beyond that, I felt like the Xbox Bethesda showcase wasn't, you know, that good for the most part, though. I did like some of the, the few moments they showcased off like that, but anything outside of that, I mean, I mean, the show kind of didn't feel for me. They could have put all three of those other things I just recently talked about um, in other presentations. Shoot, they could have put it in Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest showcase thing, though. I mean, they could have put it in anywhere else, and I would have been hyped for it for that. And then if you pull that stuff away from me, I mean, eh. I mean, in terms of the Xbox fans, I mean, you have um, Forza Motorsport. That looks kind of pretty nice and clean for people that kind of like those uh, racing games like that. I know they had like an update for Flight Simulator as well as um, there was one more. Oh, and then they showcase off um, Starfield off quite a bit, quite a bit though. But yeah, so honestly, that basically does it in terms of the Xbox Bethesda stuff that I had to go ahead and talk about though. So we'll go ahead and switch over to the next thing, that being the Capcom Showcase. Because uh, with this one, honestly, for the most part, the way how they um, they worded their presentation before we even knew it happened, we knew with this one that they were going to go through and talk about games that we basically already have heard of. And I know, and I felt like for the most part, it was a, it was a fairly good show for stuff that we already knew about. They kind of went back and explained about some other things a little bit more in detail, though. So it, it it was a nice showcase, nonetheless. Though I think like one of the key critical things I think would be um, Monster Hunter, and the other thing being Resident Evil. Like that was their bread and butter for the most part in this thing. Of course, they also talked about Street Fighter as well. I think that might be the big trilogy. Of the, the stuff they kind of showcase off. So if you're hoping for another Okami game, or you're hoping for a Mega Man game, or me personally, it would have been nice to kind of see some Ace Attorney. They already set our expectations to say these are for games that are going to be releasing, um, or basically this is info drops for games that we basically already knew about. So yeah, so that kind of already limited the expectations though. So they did confirm that there is a new demo out for Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. And that one's out right now. You can actually play it on your Switch or slash on your PC as well. And I know my friends have been, you know, tearing that thing up and they've been playing that quite a bit, though. It's going to be quite a big expansion within that, though. And I know in that game, you basically have to be at a certain point within the main story game before you can even have access to accessing all of the Sunrise thing. My big question is, what the heck is up with this information, Capcom? Like, like this, this Monster Hunter Rise, um, DLC thing drops out literally the last day of June. So tell me why we don't have any confirmation unless you bought the limited edition DLC thing. That's it's weird. That's technically like a code in the box or whatever, though. Whatever. Point aside, though, unless you get that thing that actually comes with the big, um, the, the big monster up in that limited edition thingy. We have no concrete news about when those other amiibos are going to drop or even, you know, the big monster separately for all three of those. We have no news on that. And we do know that there's going to be a new Monster Hunter Rise Pro controller based on the DLC that's coming out. We have no news on that when the pre-orders are going to come out. Don't tell me you're going to try to drop all this stuff off on the day that that game actually launches. And then, and then everybody's, I'm going to be looking at my phone because I've been going through and collecting all the, I have all the limited edition pro controls right now. So I was like, you know what? I'm already this deep up in it. I got the four right now. I was like, I'm going to keep getting any new ones they drop out though. So I'm like, no, I, I can't, I can't miss this thing. I can't miss it though. 
but yeah, so honestly, I mean, that's my only little tidbit about it, though. Otherwise, the show in itself was pretty cool. Um, they showed it off for quite a big, long, extensive time, though. But yeah, that, that was basically it in terms of the uh, Monster on the Rise stuff. The other big thing they showed is Street Fighter Six. I am loving the crap out of this game, though. Like, the, the animations and stuff like that, the way how they can kind of taunt. Like, they got, like, specific taunts. Like, if you're, like, um, choosing some other character... And like you can mock like reuse show you can and all of that kind of stuff though. So it's it is kind of funny though. I just kinda of like the visual art style they have um going on with this game though. It's definitely one I had to keep on my radar though. But yeah, that just kind of shows some um some different stuff like that. They did showcase off a new character, which technically was well, a new character for Street Fighter Six, but not like a new character overall to the Street Fighter um franchise as a whole, though. Cause I mean the dude they showcased off. I believe he's technically in the Sis Trophy in Smash Brothers, so it ain't nothing new like that, though. But yeah, so honestly, really cool stuff. I feel like the last big major thing they ended off with was the Resident Evil stuff. They had stuff for Village as well as um, Resident or Resident Evil 4, the remake. In terms of the Village stuff, um, we know that they're going to be doing some VR stuff for that. They're also going to turn around and... Um, allow you to play as like Dimitri and um some some of the other like antagonists and stuff within um village as well. Um you're gonna be able to play as them. A couple other stuff with um village. So it's a really nice stuff. Oh and there's like one big thing. The the big thing which I don't know if they ever actually fully talked about it um in the lead up to this though. But apparently one of the the girls which I think technically she was a kid when you first originally played through the game though she's grown up now and now you'll be able to get the um play the game through her point or her viewpoint and it's be kind of a story kind of centered around her that was like the biggest brand new thing that we got out of um Resident Evil Village though so that's pretty cool I know you can play the game in third person as well so quite a bit of um interesting updates that we got from the village side of things bouncing over to the Resident Evil 4 kind of thing we basically got to see a slightly I mean it's almost the same trailer verbatim I I kid you not I kid you not it, it was almost the same thing um for it though but Outside of that, I mean, the Resident Evil 4 stuff, it was basically more or less more so the same uh, across the board, though. So, yeah, so overall, Capcom's presentation, it was nice. If you wanted to see more updates or information on Rise, Street Fighter, or especially with Resident Evil in terms of Village and um, Village as well as Resident Evil 4, this was probably a presentation you kind of appreciated um, fairly well, though. Also, they did confirm that Resident Evil 2 and 3, as well as, I think, 7? Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it was one more game. I, I'm pretty sure it was 7. Not, obviously, Village, but I'm pretty sure it was 7. They said that they were going back through and um, giving those versions, like, PS5 upgrades, essentially, though. So, now that you can play the games through 60 frames per second or whatever, though, I'm thinking of actually going through and playing Resident Evil 2, maybe in the month of October, having that be, like, a full dedicated stream series or whatever, though, on the channel. Uh, we'll see, though. But, um, but honestly, I, I did like that. Some really good stuff to look forward to as well, though. But outside of that... That was most of the stuff that was kind of showcased off within that Capcom presentation, though. So, yeah, so that basically did it um, in terms of that, though. So we'll go ahead and jump over to the next topic. Um, that being that, yes, we did get the release for the new PlayStation Plus tiers for the Essential, which is like your basic tier, which you can pay 60 bucks a year 
uh, which basically is the same as traditional PlayStation Plus. Ain't nothing changed with that. All the same perks, all that stuff. Then you have the extra tier, which is like for those people that kind of like playing modern games. That's how you can pay a hundred bucks per year, or you get premium, where it also tax on the classic games as well as your um your, the available the availability to be able to actually have demos for almost every game that costs more than I believe thirty five bucks. Anything that's more than thirty five bucks, at least from this point forward, any brand new releases on the the PlayStation platform on the shop or whatever though. Technically, will allow you to have a demo that's either two or I believe three hours long, somewhere in that in that net range or whatever. Though, so yeah, so uh, a lot of good stuff out of these tiers. Me myself, I said this before. I bought PlayStation Now, and I, you know, somehow they managed to actually find a leak. I know Water sixty four. I don't know how he managed to find this leak, or somebody must have reported it to him though. But a loophole effect because um a loop around. Because at one point you weren't able to buy PlayStation Now, and that one was going to immediately throw you in the premium tier. I got the one where it's like 60 bucks for a year. I bought it back in April. So until April of 2023, I should have premium though. So I've been going through downloading some stuff like the Uncharted series. I'm going to go through and play through that. I know there's one other game within the, uh, the state of play that they had like a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was like a game focused around a cat. I know that that's going on there day one. So it seems like some things might be coming to the, the extra tier or premium tier on day one. So it is kind of nice to kind of see a few games like that, though. But it's going to allow me to go through and play through a lot of different games that otherwise I probably wouldn't have not even bothered to mess with, though. And it seems like they are going to be going through and updating this service quite often. On like It's either going to be like a couple of times a month or something like that for the uh, the regular extra tier as well as some of those classic games that are in the premium tier though. So yeah, so overall, uh, really nice service so far. And I guess the further along that we go off in the future and the longer I have the service, I'll probably give y'all some updates and stuff like that, how I'm kind of liking the service so far. Whether or not it'd be worth it to kind of keep the premium tier or to kind of actually jump up and go up to the extra tier though so yeah so that's basically um gonna do it in terms of all of that though so now we'll go ahead and jump over um to the next topic that being uh we did hear a report that nintendo was supposedly working on a sequel to one two switch now how did that become a thing i have no idea i, I feel like the game was only really successful due to the fact that um this primarily due to the fact that when that game originally launched, you had that, you had um, Breath of the Wild, and then you had like uh, Snipper Clips or something like that. You weren't, you didn't have a lot of games like maybe Bomberman or something like that. You didn't have a lot of games out at launch. So I guess they kind of saw this. It was a really good party game, kind of worked or whatever though. And they just kind of tried to run off of that. And honestly, huh. Shoot, I, I, I don't know how this game is going to turn out, though, because apparently, I guess it kind of went through the like beta tests or like, you know, play testers or whatever, though. It didn't come back with, you know, some it didn't come back with fair reception or whatever, though, because honestly. Ugh, man, it, it, it is truly like a mixed bag up on that thing, though. It's almost to the point now where like when Nintendo was looking at it, they were like, um, dang, like, what what are we going to do with it? Because uh, apparently uh, it, it's supposed to have more mini games. It's supposed to have like smartphone games, kind of similar to Jackbox, where it's up to a hundred players or whatever. Those like I guess big massive parties or whatever. Those Jackbox games I had played that um, with my cousins, and it's it's actually fairly fun if you get a fairly good group together. Though 
but it just got so much negative feedback from playtest. They're kind of in the status of like, like what the heck to do with it. So I don't know. So I'm just going to kind of report on this though, because I know the Nintendo Direct could be right around the corner, tail end of June. It wouldn't surprise me if this is actually going to be at that presentation, but I'm just going to kind of, you know, just kind of throw that out there for some people just to kind of get their expectations in check whenever you do see this. And uh, it'll be interesting. If, if this thing does release, I'm kind of curious exactly uh, how well this thing is going to basically be able to hand, handle, though. But yeah, so honestly, um, that's basically all I have to say on the one two switch. What wasn't too much though, but um, yeah, that, that that's all I gotta basically say on that though. So now uh, we'll go ahead and move over to the next topic because we did finally here in, in our Nintendo news, we did manage to get some um, oh goodness, I can't even keep my thoughts together now. We got a new trailer for Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, and with this, I have got to say. It's cool to see all the ash and wolves up in there. It's kind of like it's almost last hoorah moment. I honestly thought we we're going to get like a Nintendo Direct before this game actually drops, but it might not necessarily be the case now, though. So, yeah, so we went through like the big hoopla, big push, try to go get out, go out and buy this game or pre-order it or whatever, though. But they did confirm at the very end of the trailer that there is a playable demo right now. And I've been going through and playing through the game right now, and honestly... It's been a pure delight and pure joy. I can say it definitely runs better than um, the the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity game right there. I don't, I don't, there might be, a, there's a little bit of slowdowns, a little bit of hiccups, but not nearly as bad as what I kind of noticed within Age of Calamity though. So honestly, it's some really good stuff. You're able to play all the way up to chapter four, I believe. Um, yeah, you're playing all the way through chapter four. You can't get all the way through chapter four. You get all the way up to like the final boss area or like the last main area on your map, and then it just stops you there. The cool thing is it allows you to carry over your save progression over into the next game. So that in itself is actually really nice though. But outside of that, I mean, it is really nice to go through and play because you can actually go through and play through all three of the different modes. Um, or I say different modes, different routes between um you know, you got your Edelgard route, your Dimitri, and your Claude route. You can go through and play through all three of them. It doesn't seem like maybe it's going to be like three houses where there's going to be technically like a fourth hidden route or whatever, though. It just seems to be like the traditional three. You know, we're going through and playing through this game of Shez. Kind of interesting how you have to go through and fight Violet, who's, you know, your original protagonist in three houses, though. How the how the heck this story kind of stuff kind of plays out, though. I mean, it's beyond me, though. But it's going to be interesting to kind of see how all of this stuff plays out because there are dabbling with some things that were introduced in Three Houses that are actually bringing forward to light way earlier in the game, way early in the timeline within um, Three Hopes than compared to Three Houses. So I am kind of interested to see how all of this stuff plays out. I did get all the way through the demo. Now I'm just waiting until Friday when the game fully drops so that way I can resume off right where I just left off from, though. So honestly, some really good stuff um, within this demo, though. If you're kind of curious or you kind of want to experiment around or play with this game or whatnot, though, um, the demo is out there on the eShop. Remember, your save progression can carry over into the game. So it doesn't hurt just to kind of go through and just try it out right now, though. So honestly, yeah. So, um, yeah, some pretty good stuff um, up in this demo, though. I am really liking this game, though, and I can't wait until it comes out um, this upcoming Friday, though. Now, one thing I actually did not actually have listed here in my uh, notes 
but I did notice that this thing was actually announced. We did get the confirmation that we had the last Nintendo um, 64 game coming over to the service. We did get that last game confirmed, and that is none other than Pokemon Snap. That will be coming out. Um, shoot, actually, it's going to be the same day as um, as Fire Emblem Three Hopes comes out, though, on June the twenty fourth. So yeah, so not too much longer to wait on that, and it's going to be interesting because now that roadmap for the N sixty four games for the expansion pack, um, it, it's going to be done. We we have no idea what other game is going to be coming out next. I did make a video on my channel saying, hey, they could continue with the one game releasing per month. They can. They have enough titles in the pipeline to do it for another 12 months. But beyond that, that's when the third-party games come into play, when the licensing and stuff gets a little bit more difficult, when it be as easy to get stuff, um, be able to throw up on the services, or you get like those super weird old games or something like that, like what we get on the NES and SNES apps right now. I feel like they can do it for another 12 months, but anything beyond that, it's going to be kind of interesting. So that's why it kind of seems... Like, probably a good time to go ahead and announce those Game Boy Advance and Game Boy games coming over to the service. Because I feel like if you're going to do it, I feel like now is probably the time, though. But, yeah, so that, that's basically all I wanted to kind of point out on that, though. So now, oh, shoot, the star of the show, the absolute star of the show, the thing that really caught me by surprise. The last thing we had, up, at least within this two-week span period of time, was that Final Fantasy VII Anniversary Celebration broadcast. They originally said um, that before this thing um, aired, it was only going to be a 10-minute presentation. I literally sat down to myself and literally thought, 10 minutes. Is 10 minutes truly enough time for them to be able to talk about all the stuff that they want to go through and discuss? Truly, is it? But then I kind of looked at this thing. I was like, well, regardless, it got to be good, right? I, I wasn't really kind of expecting there to kind of talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. I felt like it could have slipped out of there. Who knows? But maybe they were going to talk about some other stuff or give us a tease to it, but not like a hardcore kind of release date or a window frame or anything of that nature, though. But boy, did they surprise me, though. But they originally started it off with the trailer for Final Fantasy VII Intergrade, and they did confirm that that's coming um, to PC now, you know, with um, Steam. Because technically, I forgot about this. It was already on Epic Games Store to begin with, but now it's coming to Steam. And if you happen to have a Steam Deck, you can also technically play that game portably. It's like the, the only way how you really could efficiently play it portably, or at least officially. So it is nice for PC players to be able to have access to going through and playing that game. The next thing that showed up was the two mobile games, one of them being First Soldier, which is kind of like your typical shooter game on mobile. Didn't really kind of um, interest me quite a bit. And then you had the other one. Um, oh, dang it. I can't believe it now. Now, um, shoot. The name of that other mobile game is uh, slipping my mind right now. I don't I don't know why it's kind of slipping my head, though. But um. But it's basically the one that kind of, it's the mobile game. It's another mobile game that basically kind of summarized all the different games. You know, your baseline Final Fantasy VII, Crisis Core, Advent Children, all that kind of stuff within the Final Fantasy VII universe. Uh, they, they basically put it all together, um, all in one mobile game. So you can kind of experience it off as like a traditional kind of-ish um, RPG game. 
I mean th that that's what um that's what essentially this one is right here though. But honestly, I really want to play that mobile game so 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 much. But I'm like Ever Crisis. There we go. The name finally came back to me. Ever Crisis. I want to play that one so much, but I just hate how it's only on mobile. That's the thing that gets me. But I did hear about technically, if you're an Android person like me, and you know, like there's the Google Play Store or whatever, though, there's technically a beta going on for that thing right now. So technically, you can go through, and I think right now, I think it's only available to like Asian countries or something like that. Eventually, that beta should roll over to here in the West. And then officially, they should have like a full-blown version of it, though. But here soon, you should be able to play mobile games via off of the Google Play on your actual PC. So whenever that day finally comes, oh, it's going to be probably a more enjoyable way of me going through and playing, um, if, going through and playing Ever Crisis, uh, rather than just only playing it on my phone, though. So yeah, so that was it in terms of the mobile games. Then they went in and kind of showcased off you know kind of similar to like the sonic central stuff you got your merchandising and stuff like that you had some figurines and stuff like that of that nature and a, and a few other little goodies and stuff like that some really nice stuff though those um figurines oh gosh they cost you like an arm and a leg and whatnot though so yeah so so some crazy stuff like that though and then he was like all right i got a i got a, a couple of big announcements at the very end and I was like, oh, shoot, are we going to the, the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake stuff? Boy, was I wrong, because they didn't show that off first. They actually got to showcase off Crisis Core, which is, and I was like, what the actual heck? Because this thing was actually stuck on the PSP, and it has not seen the light of day since. And basically, they're making like a, it's weird, because with the footage they kind of showcased off in this trailer, it's almost like a mix between remaster and remake they kind of say it's like an in enhanced remastered or whatever though but clearly looking at this thing i'm almost getting the vibes of it's almost acting like a remake i don't know though but anyway for those that might not know this already ever or uh, crisis core is basically the events that happened prior to the original final fantasy 7 game so yeah so this story features and revolves around Zack with his interactions with Cloud and Sephiroth and all that other stuff, though. So I won't go too much into some of the storylines for the little bits of what I kind of heard from some people here and there or whatnot, though. But honestly, it is really cool to see this game comes out. I mean, shoot, the game looked clean. I was like, what the actual heck? And the real kicker is it's coming out this winter. I was like, what the heck? Like, that that's almost a quick turnaround time. I don't know how in the world... Did we not hear about this in the rumor mill or anything like that or see any kind of possible leaks or anything like that, though? It's kind of crazy how we kind of avoided this all in all together. I, I don't know how, but it is kind of crazy, though. Not only is the, the kicker the fact that it comes out this winter, which means it could come out as early as this holiday, November, maybe December, or worst case scenario, it might slip into January, February 2023. But this is confirmed to be coming out to all platforms, PlayStation xbox even on the nintendo switch and and you know on pc as well i was like oh my god now the game doesn't look like too extremely demanding or graphical or you know or anything like that um in terms of what could basically hinder a switch port or or switch version of this and i've heard some talks about online like well this got to be the cloud version or whatever though but 
if you look back at all the cloud versions that we got, like even that one that we got of um, Kingdom Hearts, they actually usually tell us on the 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 first trailer we get, they usually have that like in that very fine print at the very bottom. Or if you go and dig into the websites themselves, they usually go ahead and say it right then and there, though. But we didn't get anything like that on this, though. So it does seem like it's probably going to be a native port on all of these different consoles. Me, personally, I know I'm going to get this game. Uh, I heard some good things about it. So I know I need to play this because with the new universe they're kind of building off of with Final Fantasy VII um, Remake, I mean, they're going to be dabbling all really hard within, um, with Zack and the story. Because technically, I think, well, shoot, I won't say it for spoilers or whatever, though. Something happens to him where things kind of play off a little bit differently with his interaction within the original Final Fantasy VII thing. So it looks like some things might possibly change thanks to the remake and them altering fate or whatever, though. So I don't think it's by any mistake or not mistake or I, they purposely made to put this thing out right before. Um, they were going to release the next part within the Final Fantasy VII um, remake thing, though. So, yeah, so honestly, really cool game I'm looking forward to. I think I might wind up getting it on PlayStation since I'm going to probably wind up getting all the other uh, Final Fantasy VII remake games on it as well, though. But that Switch version could be very tempting because I feel like that could probably hold some, <laughs> some fair good amount of value probably looking in the future. I mean, a game like this, a Final Fantasy VII game, that's going to be pretty modernized on the switch i feel like that in itself is going to have some high value though so yeah so honestly a really good highlight of the show though but that wasn't it that was certainly not all because we also managed to get the announcement of final fantasy 7 remake part 2 but they ain't called it remake part 2 they're calling it rebirth and i'm like uh I was like, okay, all righty. And it's crazy because they started showing footage for this thing. We saw Cloud and Sephiroth walking around. I was like, what the heck? And then we saw Zack holding up Cloud as they were kind of wa um, walking to another city. I was like, what the heck? Ain't that dude? And I ain't going to talk about all the, the little fine little details up on it, though. But for y'all diehard fans that know Final Fantasy VII, uh, you're like, what the heck? Zack shouldn't probably be here right now at this moment or whatnot, though. So you can tell they're going to be changing a lot of stuff. There are probably going to be some critical points within the story itself that's actually going to be almost one-to-one, -one, but not technically quite one-to-one. -one. Um, it's going to hit certain major story beats, but beyond that, it's going to be very interesting because, um, shoot, it, it, it's going to be... um. It's going to be different for those that actually play Final Fantasy VII. It ain't going to be like the same traditional um, rinse, wash, and repeat kind of story right now, though. Because from this point forward, we don't know what the heck is actually going to happen, though. I, I, I'll go ahead and say that. We really, truly do not know exactly what's going to happen um, from this point moving forward, though. Now, um, I did want to kind of go through... Oh, oh shoot. Sonic Q, what the heck you showing up late? I so like I thought you muted yourself like when I came in, but then I realized I had you muted. And I'm like, oh well, that's my bad. Oh my gosh, bro! That was completely my bad. <laughs> I, I was acting you in the background too. I was like, bro, where where, where you at? And I was like, what All the right, heck? I was I was hunting a monster. You know how I like to monster hunt, bro. Well, you you literally miss every single topic. Leading all the way down. I'm literally down to the last gaming topic being Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. <laughs> what the heck? Well, before I talk about that anymore, we'll we'll back it up. I already talked about Crisis Core, but did, did you have anything to talk about on that one? I think it's really 
surprising that it's coming to Switch of all things. I, I thought so too, but then the more and more you start looking at it, it, it doesn't look too heavily demanding. It, it's kind of weird. I, I I don't know how they managed to get it on there though, but I mean, it, it is cool. They're putting it on it every would, single platform that actually has the baseline Final Fantasy VII. It would be more like impressive if they managed to get FF7 to work on uh, Switch. Oh, the remake, yeah. I mean, I I would like to see that up on there. I mean, yeah, it it would be kind of cool to see that up on there though. But yeah, man, man, that that game looking really clean though, and 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 there's no, there there's a reason why they put this game out right before Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out because the crap and stuff they're pulling with all of the different. Wasn't there at one point, um. At one moment, Sonic Q, where I like, I feel like they're referring to like three different Sephiroths, like the original Sephiroth and the, and the original FS7, the one from Advent Children, and then you got this weird twisted one that's kind of trying to break the mold and break all the fates or whatever. Though, because I mean, literally in the in the Rebirth um, trailer, they literally have Cloud and Sephiroth walking next to each other. I'm like, what the actual freak have is you this? Have you never played? Have you never played the original FS7? No, no, I, I have played, but it, it's like, no, yeah, I do remember. Like there was a story. Or like both him and Sephiroth went to uh, uh, Nibelheim for like a, for something for like a mission, and that oh, no. Sephiroth yeah. like went insane because he found out about his past, where like he's just a, a clone of Genova or whatever. He's born from like Genova cells. Yeah. So yeah, so it, it was kind of crazy seeing that, and I think even more so with that, I think it was that one scene at the very end where you saw Zach holding up Cloud. That that got a lot of people talking right there because I know they they're kind of flirting with these kind of boundaries and stuff like that because we can kind of tell that um they're going a different approach with this game and we we know clearly it, it ain't gonna be like the same copy paste thing because we we kind of saw yeah. that in the original Final Fantasy VII with the whole fates thing whatever the second we saw those things I was like okay now I mean they shoot they even kind of foreshadow things that were supposed to technically happen to Aerith. Way later on, like technically, what would been like late in the disc two of the original version or whatever, though, like she saw what was basically supposed to happen to her, um, you know, through these like visions and whatnot, though. So it, it, it's crazy the way how they're gonna approach this thing. I'm kind of curious to see how it all plays out, though. I don't know it's, it's weird because, like, when when a story like gets deals with like time traveling, you have to be really careful with that because, like, time traveling. Like when you're trying to make a story from it, very easily can it can be ruined by like some stupid things that you, that you that you do, like like I didn't looking back I didn't really like the time traveling aspect of like Dragon Quest Eleven all that often. Really? Like looking hmm. back, I felt I like really it was okay it. for me because the fact that um it was optional if you wanted to do it you could if not you could have kept it as the way how it kind of played out. It was just like a another additional thing at least that's how i personally felt about it though but i guess if you want to keep things canon they technically probably would have time traveled or whatever yeah but yeah so uh nomura obviously he had some stuff to say about this game though he basically kind of and i'll just kind of summarize this kind of real quick though basically the way how they're kind of going with rebirth they're saying that this game is going to be different enough and enjoyable enough to where even if you hadn't played the original remake, which is part one, you should be able to jump straight up into this and still be able to actually um, enjoy it with this kind of like fresh new experience, though. And they were talking about a, um, 
and he also is talking about like you can't wait to share the intention behind the name and the first title remake and the second title rebirth in time but he hopes to reveal the third title um um and eventually oh. where the story will go from this point moving or some point I'm later okay. in the future i think i get why it's called remake and even though it's ff7 remake is not a remake in itself yeah remaking the 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 universe of ff7 which i do remember because when we were talking about this game um way back ago it might have been like a year ago whatever though kind of close when integrate came out though you kind of didn't like the way how it was called remake because it didn't really feel like a remake but now that we know this what namura said now it makes sense why it's called remake because it's technically a sequel yeah yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm I'm curious to see what they'll do with the story. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, I'm I'm curious too because now that we know the first one's remake, the second one's rebirth. People started kind of going through and thinking like, what what's the title of the, the the third one? Is it like Resolve or is it Resolution or is it um? I I heard a few other good ones though. I feel like Resolve. That that's what I'm guessing. Resolve is, um, I think, or like revenge or something like that. I, I don't know. You can kind of go crazy with that one. I feel like somebody's gonna guess it right. It's just a matter of fact of, um, uh, who, who's gonna basically, um, get to the closest or whatever, though. But yeah, the crazy thing is, we, we know that we're getting, um, Crisis Core this winter and we're turning around and getting rebirth the next winter. So literally, we only have to wait almost a little more than two years or well, not, not two years, a little more than one year. Because technically, uh, Crisis Core, for all we know, could come out in November or December of this year, or it could be January or February. But let's say if it came out holiday of this year, then Rebirth will come out the next holiday. So we don't have to wait too much longer for this. And honestly, at least for me, Sonic U, I picked up Final Fantasy VII Remake, the integrated version, last year, last summer. So for I me going... Like, you don't, like, pick, like, played uh, integrated. Oh, you still hadn't played that? With, uh, no. Ooh. Shoot, no, I, I haven't even touched it because I didn't really feel like going back to like FS7 at the time. I got you. But no, honestly, no. I might stream that tomorrow. I might no. go back into it, but I need to like it. Isn't that like a thing that like, you need to do with like a cross save and shit with like, the PS5 version? Because I played it on the PS4. Whoa. Um. No. 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 Well, no. Technically, if you have um, if you have integrate, you can start off integrate like from the main menu. Like you know how like when you go in and choose the main menu, it's like. You, you boot up your regular save off of the original Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now, there's a whole other sub-menu that takes you to the other side and says, start off integrate right here. Because since it doesn't build off of anything you previously did with your baseline story, you can jump off with um, integrate wherever you're at. So you shouldn't have any issues with that. Yeah. So you don't have to deal with the cross-saving stuff because that only dealt with the original Final Fantasy VII Remake game. But Integrate, since it's only on PS5, you shouldn't have any issues with that. But yeah, oh. so honestly, shoot, I, I am really so looking just, forward to this I'm just game. Going on the, I'm just doing like a cloud cave thing with it. Uh, I get... Mm, I guess you could. As long as you get the, the Integrate thing downloaded to your console you should be fine i didn't i don't think i did download it on the ps4 i i have the original like game no because i think yeah because as long as you have the original game it'll i think it was smart delivery um check it and allow you to download the ps5 version 
once he had the ps5 version if you're just only looking at playing integrate you're not interested in going back and playing like the original final fantasy 7 remake stuff. i mean i already beat it yeah so, like... so it should be fine you can just jump off download that version play through integrate you should be good wait a minute hold on hold on i'm trying to remember what? don't you have to pay 10 bucks to get integrate no you'll get the free upgrade to play the original final fantasy 7 remake but if you wanted to play Intergrade, which is technically like DLC-ish, you would need to pay 10 bucks or something like that. It's just 10 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I just remember buying the game, um, the Integrate itself. I mean, I got it at a discount, though. But originally, the Integrate version cost like 70 bucks now. But I think I got it on sale for like 25 off or something like that. But yeah, that, that's how I went through and played through it, though. I I do kind of like how from Final Fantasy VII Remake, from me playing it last year to when we get to Rebirth, I only would be waiting to play the game two years, basically, which I think is a pretty good turnaround time. I didn't have to wait three years like most people if you got it and played it in 2020, or you've been kind of waiting on the game, because this game was like announced. I know it was kind of rough around the edges when it originally was revealed or whatever, Sonic Q. And then it took like years. Yeah, it took years. I want to say more like three or four or something like that before they showed it in a better state to the point where people actually liked it now, though. So, yeah, so it looks like, you know, they they know what they're doing now. They got that engine and stuff like that. And the interesting thing is it's only going to be for the PS5 only. So me and you are set. Mario set. Yeah. But, like, if somebody like Hacks or somebody like that wanted to play it and they're still kind of relying on those games that are releasing for both PS4 and PS5, uh, you, you better secure yourself a PS5 at some point, because uh, well, let's let's hope it gets uh, more readily available, though. Well, it's already readily available on PC, so like the, I mean the the first one. Oh yeah, yeah, the first one, but Rebirth. It probably yeah, it probably you, will come to PC. Come to PC after it is probably be after a year. So if you wanted to get it at launch and be part of that discussion, then uh yeah you better hop to it if not if you got a pc that can run it then um it should be available probably within the next year and i guess that exclusivity i guess sony grabbed it because we, we still don't it see it coming to xbox so exclusivity for like a year yeah and i think they're keeping it console exclusive to playstation because i feel like otherwise we would have seen it on xbox by now but still haven't so But yeah, so honestly, beyond that, that's basically all the gaming topics I had to talk about. I know you saw that that big old list of stuff in the Discord server, Sonic U. Was there anything that I previously talked about you wanted to just give your quick thoughts on real quick? Um, honestly, uh, nah, I think I'm good. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that's going to basically do it in terms of that, though. So uh, next, we'll go ahead and jump over to the next segment. That being uh, so about that show. All right. So in terms of what I've been watching, um, shoot. 
I, I don't think I watched any new movies here lately. I know I said I said this earlier in the show. I will be going through and watching the, the new Jurassic World thing on Tuesday. So I have my I'll have my thoughts on that um the next episode or whatever though. But outside of that, I've just been kind of watching a, a bunch of anime and stuff like that. The same anime shows that I've been the same anime shows I talked about before, I think was it? No, this is like it's probably been like a few episodes or something like that before. Same episodes within this, um, within the same series though. But um, Sonic, you got anything to? You you been watching anything cool or exciting? Anything like that? Honestly, I can't really think of anything on the top of my head. I haven't really been. I've always been on the Monster grind. Other than that, there's just YouTube videos here and there, and that's pretty much it. Oh, that, that that does remind me. Since since you mentioned it, I think it has been between the this show and the last time we had the show, though. But we did sit down and watch. Um, it was a it was a funny YouTube video. Um, what was it? A SpongeBob kind? What was it called? Oh it's, yeah, it, the 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 reanimated uh, or rehydrated. Yeah, that rehydrated thing. Though, oh my gosh, that thing was absolutely. I was dying with so many references they made up in that one YouTube video. And it, it, and for those that might not know, it's basically like, a, it was like reanimated stuff from like a bunch of different like fan artists and stuff like that. Just animating almost basically a whole entire SpongeBob movie. Um, the original SpongeBob movie, you know, like the goofy goober, all that stuff though. They basically reanimated that whole thing. It was like how many different an- animators, like 300, you said Sonic Cube? It was more than that. Oh shoot! No, I think we said it was kind of close to four hundred. It was basically so many that were every single one of those like four hundred something plus, I believe, were like responsible for about like twenty seconds ish or so. So you saw a lot of different styles and stuff like that, and like people were just like randomly throwing in other pop cultural references, whether it be like Hollywood actors or be like other cartoon characters from other shows or stuff like that. I mean, yeah. it, it was really enjoyable though. I, I highly recommend just sitting down and watching it though because uh man that, that mess was so good yeah just type spongebob reanimated and it should be like you should see like the movie and it should be like over an hour long yeah so it's on, I, it's on youtube i should say oh yeah youtube yeah it's on youtube though so i i think that was like the big highlight thing i the probably the most enjoyable thing i watched um up there with my anime though because man that, that gave me some pretty good kicks right there i love that oh shoot but I think outside of that, I mean, for the most part, um, that's what I've been watching. I already talked about my thoughts on Miss Marvel. You did miss that little segment, Sonic. You already talked about my thoughts on Miss Marvel. That was another show that I was talking about, but I threw it in the pop culture segment. So that was the other key critical thing I was watching, though. But uh, outside of that, um, besides some sports here and there, I mean, my, my Razorbacks and stuff, baseball team, they're in the World Series right now, though. I've been rooting them. I believe they already won their first game in, in their little series thing, though, so I'm still rooting them on, though. But outside of that, that's basically all I've been watching, and I think, for the most part, Sonic, you've been doing that Monster Hunter grind, though. So that's yeah. basically going to do it in terms of that segment, though. So now we'll go ahead and jump over to the next big major segment, that being uh, uh what you've been playing. We'll go ahead and start with you, Sonic. You since you, you since you've been talking about it so much, though. I've been playing Monster Hunter. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I also got Xenoblade mods for it. I'm just running around as Pyro with the Aegis Sword. <laughs> yeah. 
bro, it, bro, it's been kind of crazy because I remember uh, you and um, was it Chris? I think you and Chris. No, not yeah, not Chris. Chris. Yeah, yeah, you and Chris. No, yeah, y'all y'all been working on that, which is it's actually been kind of funny um seeing how uh how that mod actually works. I feel like that's probably the best thing about PCs, just purely the mods themselves, though. Uh, that's the thing oh, I think yeah. I get the biggest kick out of. It's, it's honestly, this PC was like the greatest investment ever. Maybe someday I'll I'll, I'll get one, but shoot, that, that mess is expensive, and I don't play too much on PC. But it would be well, fun like, to play with mods. I don't know. It's like I I highly recommend getting a PC. It's just so it's too good. Yeah, maybe someday. Maybe someday when when I got the the funds to drop that uh that two K carat gold, basically what you dropped up on it. Or at least what I felt like you dropped up on it though. Because I mean, the specs for your thing is really good though. So I, I really mean, like it like, though. But for me, I just paid over time for like five hundred a month. I like, or like what? Or you can just like set up like three hundred or five hundred or whatever. Like, if you pay within amount of time, you don't have to pay interest. So I'm doing oh, it. I'm okay. doing fine on my end. I have hmm. until like October to like pay it off, but I should be good by then. I gotcha. But yeah, so that's that's mostly what you've been playing, and at least with me. It's it's gonna lead into like the two major highlights of what I kind of wanted to talk about within this gaming segment though, because one of the big things is we did get the release of Mario Strikers Battle League. Last time I we talked about this in the last episode, I was talking about it from the, purely from the point perspective of it being out for the uh, the online demo playtest thing, where they had like certain hours that you could play though. Now it's officially launched. Now I went up into the nitty gritty. I went through and playing through it. So now it's time to get my thoughts on the game. Honestly, I feel the pain what some people have been saying. Like, I feel like the content is not like a hundred percent there. We do know that they're gonna be a um they have announced like almost like a week before this game came out that there is gonna be free updates. So we know, and I think data miners figured out that there was more characters up in there. I'm pretty sure they're gonna have like more fields and stuff on there though. At a bare minimum, that's what we're kind of expecting though. Probably gonna be some more new modes and whatnot though, though, but it is kind of like just the issue with like Mario sports games nowadays. Launch it, practically no content, and do that later. Yeah, so I'm, not, I'm not. It's why I'm not. I didn't get the game. I don't feel like doing all that. Yeah, because I mean, it's even reflective. I remember seeing back on some people that were reporting the numbers on it though, and like there was like you know like a Fitmitsu numbers, like how many copies kind of sell in Japan or whatever though. It was like at one point, I wish I had these numbers right up in front of me though. But it was like it was super high up for like I, I say super high up. Like let, I'm just gonna throw some arbitrary numbers out there. Um, let's just say sixty thousand units or whatever though. Imagine sixty thousand units for Mario Tennis Aces. That was the first one that came out, right? And then imagine it dropping down twenty thousand units, down to forty thousand. That would have been similar to Mario Tennis Ace. Not Mario Tennis Aces, um, Mario Golf. And then drop it down. I think it was actually for strikers, it was in the 30,000, somewhere around there. Like that number's been dropping for the sports games every, you know, one step lower or a few steps lower every time a new sports title comes out in Japan, which is kind of interesting, which is kind of making me think, or people kind of catching on to the moniker of, hey, you'll get a 
commercial-ish kind of game at launch. And we're going to add a whole bunch of other stuff where the game almost feels completely different um, post-launch than it does at the actual original launch. That's kind of where we're at with most of the sports games. It does kind of suck in that in that regard, though. However, the game itself, at its core original fundamentals, the game is fun. I can't deny that. Like, I don't know why, but this game has actually scratched my um, competitive itch. Like, I have a competitive itch, like, with games like Smash Brothers Ultimate or games like Splatoon 2. Like, I, I, I get highly competitive. You, you could vouch for me, Sonic. You, you, yeah. you just be chilling in the VC, and then you just hear me yelling out of nowhere and, and calling out names to the, these randos I'm playing online, though. Like, like you know, some of these moments get my blood boiling. I ain't gonna lie. At its core, it is really fun. It is really cool. And it's actually... It's kind of like playing Mario and Smash Brothers. It's easy to pick up, allow somebody else to kind of play with you in a casual sense. Like maybe, um, you know, you're just playing the game. You have like your cousin or your brother coming over and you just give them the controller. You just tell them what, you know, the law button, the pass, the shoe, and use items. It's very basic at its core fundamentals. But what you can do with that, the dodging and all of that stuff, the timing, the super strikes and all of this stuff, that way how you angle your shots and, and things of that nature, though, the way how the goalie tends to act and stuff like that, this game can get real deep real quick. Easy to pick up and play, hard to master. That's what I was talking about with the Mario, with Smash Brothers and stuff. Easy to play, hard to master. That That's what this game truly is, though. I, I mean, this game got me even motivated so much. I actually went into like a Mario Strikers Discord and saw some crazy maneuvers that people are able to do even in the game. Like, for example, you can be on the top half of the, the field, right? You can be charging towards the goal. You know, Boom Boom is guarding it or whatever. Though. I've seen people lob the pass off of, technically there's like that electrified gate boundary thing, so you can't actually run off the field. They would kick it off of there, off that invisible wall, have it come back, have Boom Boom turn around facing the goal. So now, instead of having his back towards the goal, he's facing the goal himself, trying to catch the ball of it coming off of the wall. Another player will run in front of Boom Boom, kick it in, and there's nobody between them kicking it in and the goal right there. I've seen crazy crap like that play out in this game. Like, people finding creative ways to get goals off of people and stuff like that. I mean, it's just stuff like that that just gets me really intrigued, though. I just kind of hate at the basic bare bones of it that is really like either you play single player or you play multiplayer, but you would think in the way that they marketed this game, you think you can have four different people on one team in your club playing against another four people in another club, all using their own different switch systems, similar to Splatoon 2, right? That's not the case. Yeah. The way how we saw it in the demos, the way how we saw it in this game right now, at most you can have two switch consoles. And if you wanted to actually have four real people playing, you better, it'll be like you going to Alexis's house, Sonic you, and you better have you and him playing it. And then Mario better hop up in the plane, drive all, uh, and fly all the way over here to my house and get on my Switch over here. And then have me and Mario be up on our team. So that way we get actual four real life people. Otherwise, it's two people with two AIs against two more people with two AIs. That's the thing that really kicks me. I was like, man, if y'all do one update in Mario Strikers, you have to let us do four individual people be able to play on our Switches natively and not have to rely on the co-op system. That's the one thing that kind of got underneath my skin. I felt like they actually said it in the website with those details, but they just never openly said it in the videos or the trailers or anything kind of leading up to it. Oh, shoot. I felt like I just gave a sermon. Yeah. <laughs>
Peach. Nintendo stop making fuck stop like shell shitting out like con like uh, the the sports game can, in the shape that they are. Yeah, I had to drink some water after that. I really did feel like I did that. Um, but yeah, so that's my main nitpick with this game. Outside of that, I've been loving other every single other aspect about it. I've been doing about like five or six matches consistently every day. So I really do like this game. I'm just waiting for that more content to kind of come out just to kind of, you know, bring some more people in because I got a club set up and ready. I was thinking all of us were going to get the game on day one, but a lot of y'all kind of caught that trend of, you know, the content skippy or like you, Sonic Q, you didn't think it was worth your money to pay 60 bucks at this, but maybe if they did a sale later on, then maybe. It really doesn't look, it's not worth 60, no, maybe 40, but like I'm going to, I'd probably get it when it's like twenty dollars, which will yeah. never happen. Yeah, so stuff like that. So honestly, I was like, dang, that just really upset me though. But we do have the first new season coming up literally hours from now. I don't know why this thing is starting off at like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. I, I kind of hate how the fact it's starting off at three in the morning. I'm like, bro, you think you'd be catering to at least the maybe they were trying to cater towards a European audience or maybe the Japanese one. But you do recognize that uh, America is like your biggest, um, your biggest market that gives you like your biggest revenue, right? You starting this thing off at three o'clock in the morning. Gosh dang! Anyway, though, but with that new season kicking off, I'm kind of curious to see how the club battles and stuff will go like that. It makes me think to start off that new season. Are we going to technically get a trailer tomorrow announcing that a, a new character is up and ready to play or something like, similar to like golf, where it's like technically it hadn't been like a full week. And they actually announced like the next new character, that being Toadhead in that game. I don't know. We'll see. But I feel like something might be announced tomorrow. We'll we'll see though. But I think that's basically all I have to say on Mario Strikers Battle League. Is it a game I recommend right now? No. Depends on if you got the if you got that competitive itch like that, then maybe. If not, if you wanted to get a lot of bang for your buck, you're just kind of better off just waiting on this one. And until you we get all the updates and stuff like that. And once we get that, then you can kind of make your decision at that point, though. But that's a small amount of thoughts on it, though. Uh, anything else, Sonic Q? Uh, I don't know how to, how to top that. <laughs> Bringing game of the sermon over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, goodness. I, I don't know. Man, shoot. As much as I talked about this thing, I honestly could probably just, just clip this and make its own Mario Strikers review thing. Shoot. And honestly, I feel like I probably could do that. Golly. All right. Well, that's basically going to do it for that, though. Now, uh, next up, the, the, the other big highlight game I wanted to talk about was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Oh, my freaking goodness right here, though. Because, like, as I mentioned a little earlier in the show, you know, it was at the Xbox Bethesda Showcase that they revealed that when the release date was coming for this game, though. And I was like, finally, we've been waiting for this game months on end, and it finally came out. And I was like, you know what? I was like, gather up the crew, get Mario over here, get hats. And this was me playing it on launch day or whatever. I did actually manage to stream it um, to my YouTube channel. I was like, get the boys in here. We, we about to sit down and play this thing like as if we're in the arcade. I busted out my old... Uh, I say my old, it's, it's not really old, but I busted out my old arcade fight stick. And I was like, all right, I'm about to play this thing. Like I'm straight out of the arcade and everything like that though. And I would dare say, I think it's official now. This is the best beat em up game I have ever played in my life. 
I'm just going to say that right now. And I was like, I, I have a lot of fond memories playing the Turtles game, the original um, arcade Turtles game back in the arcade way back years ago and playing it there with Mario, Hacks. Oh, and then Sonic also hopped in as well. So we got up to four players, that traditional four players or whatever, though. Felt like I was a kid, like from years ago. Like I had a blast for the past. That was probably one of the most enjoyable my- nights I had in quite some time playing it with them. Like this game would do that for you, though. I don't know. Demu right there, the people that made this game, man, they put a lot of blitz up in there. Put a lot of different callbacks with certain enemies and stuff like that. The references. Um, shoot, they even had like these like Battletoads dudes up in there. Uh, the, the game was just handled really well. You have your attack button, you have your jump button, a dodge, and then a super. Those are like your four common moves that you can do. But then you also had a taunt, which would also give you an instant, if you pull it off, gives you an instant special. And then you also have like a revive button. So like if one of your teammates go down, you can go to the other person and revive them instantly. And honestly, shoot, I don't like, like, honestly, I was looking at this game. I was like, there's gotta be something that's just not up to par. But I really couldn't find out one negative thing about it. Even the online itself ran buttery smooth with us with four people. Well, Technically, I guess in this game, you can run up to six. Negative. Oh yeah, one go ahead and say it. Is the, was the crossfire like what you were talking about? Yeah, because yeah, because originally, um, if you play these games natively, like only with Switch users, only with PlayStation, or only with Xbox, it's fine, or only PC. But when you start doing crossplay, right now you can do it between um, Xbox and PC players. You can do it with crossplay with only those two platforms. That's the only thing that was kind of like a buggy hickey hiccup situation, though. But if you played in any other kind of situation, it would be. It, it was fine for us, though. I guess they kind of did that right now just to kind of test and see, you know, how well it's working or whatever, though. Because officially, I think the, the full plan is is you're going to be able to cross-play between all the different platforms. But right now, it's only limited to Xbox and PC just so they can kind of, you know, fix some stuff on their end, though. But outside of that, that's the only negative thing I saw. I mean, with us playing it, it, it ran like butter. And you can play this thing up to six players. I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, at first, I remember, Sonic, you said that you were going to um, wait on this game. But then I think you came full circle after you saw, like, just the opening itself. You just saw the opening and, like, it, like I don't know, the nostalgia bug got me. The nostalgia got me. That was all I said. So, yeah, so you, you got the game now. So, yeah. and, and the way how they handled this game is there's, like, two main modes. You either do the story mode, which allows you to go from, like, level to level. You can also do, like, some, like, some side stuff here and there though but you go from level to level and then um you, you know you just kind of go through the, the traditional kind of arcadey sense the other mode is arcade mode which plays a little bit uh, it's a little more difficult than traditional story mode however you have limited lives limited continues so technically it's like playing in the arcade like once you're out of credits you're done like that's it so you got to basically start from zero and at least with story mode, your characters actually level up. So the, the higher your levels get, the more HP you get, the more different combinations of uh, super moves you can do. And just some other kind of cool little um, neat tricks that you can do with each one of the different turtles and stuff like that, though. You also get like um, you can, each of the different characters you choose have like three primary stats, either attack, speed or range. And like, for example, like Donatello, he he three stars in range. Michelangelo's three stars in speed. 
Raphael's three stars in power. Each one of them has like, they star with three. One of their other stats is like two. And then they have like a kind of a weakness that only has a one star. While Leonardo, he's pretty balanced in all of his stats. So he has a consistent two stars for all of his stuff though. So th that's kind of how they kind of balance that. So there's like kind of a little bit of strategies that depending on what, what kind of play style you have could kind of gravitate yourself towards different other playable characters and stuff like that though so honestly oh shoot man it, this game's great i i literally told everybody this sonic u that um once it, once we get together i'm gonna have me i'm gonna have you sonic u i'm gonna have uh sonic mario hacks and then probably steven maybe um we'll probably get all together we're, we're going to sit down do the arcade version and see how far we can make it before we hit the game over and see if we can get all the way to the very end we're gonna suck it up we're gonna get through it we're gonna power through this mess yeah but yeah so outside of, have you started the game yet or not yet me no i haven't started it yet okay okay I, no I just, i'm i'm <laughs> yeah no let, let me know when you do because I'll, I'll hop in and play some levels with you yeah yeah but yeah, so honestly, oh shoot, man, this game it brought it brought pure, it almost brought tears to my eyes. I was like, that's how great this game was. Because honestly, um, shoot, there was one soundtrack. In it, you, you might as well sit back and relax to this Sonic U though. But there was one track where where they played it when you fought Shredder. I think for the first time, it was such a boppy tune. I I. I I just, I just gotta give y'all a little sample of this though, but what what with my version up on there though, because I was like that shredder thing, they gave us like a little glimpse of it early on before the game released. And technically you can listen to all the soundtracks um right now, like on Spotify and YouTube and stuff like that though. But this one shredder theme though, like oh shoot, you you you, you gotta listen to this right here, because I'm about to drop it right now. Oh my gosh, here we go. Nice to meet you, now I'm here to beat you with full force Mess up your facial features, Isolavisa, sound like little Caesars All your stuff in your face with is pizza, pizza Crack down like a hard-boiled egg on Easter, Easter See these muscles on me? I could beat your teacher Little defeat Leonardo, overcome the weaklings I take off your mask and dismantle your features Shredder, across the line like a letter Mash for your turtles, put your bag together Indeed, I squish turtles like a tight girdle and an obstacle, I cleared like a high hurdle. My stomach cringes for all your fake ninjas. Fighting your awareness, show you off revengeance. Fish move, vengeance. Ask Splinter, you know, coming with bad intentions. I, I mean, like, golly, like, I, I don't know where they came up with these lyrics and stuff like that, though. But, like, my goodness, I butchered a little bit of it, though. I, I was, like, having, like, a little bit playing off in the back of my ear, though. But that song right there, oh, shoot. But man, oh goodness, man, got, got my blood boiling though. But anyway, though, if you hadn't bought this game already, you better pick this game up. Because, oh my gosh, this, this is game of the year contender for me. It is clearly game of the year contender for me though. But uh, any other things to say, Sonic UI? I, I catch my breath over here. No. <laughs> yeah, you're going hard. <laughs> I, I was. I was going too hard. I was going too hard. Uh, I'll I, I, I'll be back in town on Tuesdays, man. How, how did I say that in Shrek? Uh, he's like, I'll be back on. Dang, I can't think of the quote as many times as I watch Shrek. 
I can't think of the quote right now. <laughs> He's like, oh no, I'll be here till Thursday. There we go. Oh my gosh. I don't know why that slipped me. Anyway, though, I think that was basically it in terms of all the different topics I had to go through, talk about, and discuss um, for this week, though. So yeah, so honestly, some really good stuff. We're almost, I think we technically reached a little over the halfway point in June. The last thing we're waiting on Sonic here is just that Nintendo Direct, which may happen in that last week of um, June. So hopefully, by the time we hit episode 36 of this podcast, we'll have that thing out and released to where uh, we, can, we can go through and talk about that, though. Because, I mean, I, I don't know about you, though, but what you've been thinking about so far with the E3 season-ish so far, with all the announcements we got so far, like, where are you standing right now? Yeah, certainly, like, certainly... I don't know, it's just bad mm-hmm. right now because a bunch of just a bunch of Twitch streamers and doing like selling out. Uh, from what I noticed, and you, you you missed my little rant about the the Sonic Forces thing because after we saw the summer um the summer play days thing, we saw more footage of like different Sonic footage and the way I was handled. I was like, I was like, what? I I, I can't I can't even with this company anymore. I I just can't. I'm not even gonna get. I'm not gonna get Sonic Frontiers. I'm nah. I'm good. <laughs> well, I'm curious to see what Hax's thoughts are on it, though. But honestly, this E3 ish, if we can call it E3 ish, um, season though, it's it's been nice. It had some good stuff, like your RE4s announced. We are new Street no, Fighter even, Six, no, even but even then, like the RE4 thing, like we knew about it. But like, what what was lame about it is all they did was a face reveal, and that was it. That was like the new part yeah. about it. And they didn't even show any gameplay. They just showed him walking. Yeah, that is true. I- I'm just trying to think off of the top of my head. I mean, some of the biggest moments, like Street Fighter Six, you know, we-, we got more Monster footage of that. Monster Hunter Rise was actually fairly good with the stuff that showcased off. We got the release date for Turtles, and it actually dropped this month. Um, I feel like there was something. Else. There's Sonic Frontiers, but that that's a that's a mixed bag. So that's not nothing positive. Uh, shoot, if anything, it just got everybody buzzing or whatever. Though, um, I was trying to think back to the state of place. Oh, Final Fantasy 16 getting kind of a window frame with that. Then Final, I think most recently, thankfully, with the Square Enix stuff with Final Fantasy Crisis Core and Rebirth, I think that that's probably like probably the biggest highlights I think of this month right here though. So honestly, I feel pretty mixed, maybe slightly a little higher on the positive side than like just the pure 50, 50, 50, 50 mix or whatever, though. But uh, hopefully Nintendo can kind of go through here and savage always the rest Nintendo. of it. Up. <laughs> it, it, it Nintendo. It's, it, it's always them, man. It's always them, though. So uh, here's hoping, crossing our fingers, by the time we have this next episode, uh, we'll be talking about that, though. But that's basically going to do it in terms of this show, though. So uh let the fine viewers, Sonic, you, uh, let them know where they can find you at. They can find me on Twitter, like Sonic, with like another U at the end. They can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Sonic, one U, because <laughs> on, twi- on Twitter, someone took the name, and, and I checked, and like, that person hasn't even been active for like years. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's cool. Same Bruh. thing with YouTube, just one U. It's just Twitter. I gotcha. All right. And you, you'll see all the links and stuff down for his stuff down in the description box down below, though. But 
that's basically gonna do it in terms of this dark ass episode 35 so if you really like this episode make sure to go ahead and hit that like button go ahead and hit the subscribe 35 button episodes? yeah th- yeah this was 35 jeez that's a lot i know it's a lot shoot and, and i remember there was like one episode maybe a few episodes something ago you said when you're gonna hit 50 and i was like i was thinking it was gonna be this year but it won't be until like early next year or something like that though but uh I don't know. When I hit that milestone, we'll see if we do something special for it or something like that. Because it, it's yeah. bi-weekly. Otherwise, I would have I would have been like way past this point. But since it's bi-weekly, those numbers tick up a little slower than what it could be if it were weekly or whatever, though. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, if you really like this, make sure you go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Hit that bell to stay up to date on all things video game related. I feel like talking about and discussing for the foreseeable future. Remember, if you like the listen to this in the audio version format, whether that be through Spotify, Apple, Google, or even Amazon Music, make sure go ahead and hit that like button there. Go ahead and share this podcast around with just just a few guys just talking about video game related stuff and just talk about some pop culture stuff here and there, though. But that's basically going to do it for this episode, though. So uh, until next time for the Zarkest episode 36, I'll see y'all later.